Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. Here at Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the media we care about. My name is Oswald Cardona, and my co-hosts for tonight are... Lynn Keller. Hello. And Laura Taylor. Hi. <laughs> Laura, it's your turn. I sound more excited every week. Um, you sound great. It's fabulous. Fabulous. It it's is my It's a pleasure turn. to have you here. Yes. <laughs> It's my turn to pick, and I want to talk about some gay ass shit. <laughs> okay. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had an idea, in, and we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I also the show itself is, is pretty gay. I want to talk about a league of their own. Um, the movie or the series? Uh, both. Uh, either. Uh, compare, contrast. Uh, it, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen the movie many times. I'm a fan. I've seen the movie very, very many times. My favorite Madonna song is This Used to Be My Playground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Where I Fell in Love with Gina Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. She's great. Yeah. And, and Rosie O'Donnell and uh, and Madonna. I, I, <laughs> mm-hmm. I've mentioned Gina Davis on the show many times because of the Gina Davis Foundation. Mm-hmm. And their motto is, if she can see it, she can be it. It's for, it's for girls to see, like, in media, to see very positive portrayals. It's, it's only for Gina Davis. <laughs> it's only for Gina. <laughs> it's the Gina Davis Foundation, where Gina Davis can see herself in all the media she's been in. And be it. Uh, um, but... Long Kiss it, Goodnight. Have you ever watched that movie? No. I love that movie, where she, where she plays an assassin that, that, uh, was, was, that loses her, her memory... And then uh, Samuel L. Jackson shows up like as her handler, and she's a housewife. No, no, but that sounds is it like Gina Davis? badass. Sh- is it Gina Davis? You better not be quoting <laughs> I'm the wrong. Sure. <laughs> okay, Long... Link says yes. Just gonna, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Link says yes. Okay, it's yeah, Gina Davis. love that movie. One of my first DVDs I bought. Like that one. I haven't seen it in a while. Continue. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but um, watching that movie as a kid, I could probably quote the whole movie from beginning to end. Maybe not off the top of my head, but if you got me going, I could the whole thing. Um, the song that they sing is a like, is, it, I sing it all the time, and it's been stuck in my head for weeks now. <laughs> um, I think so. If n- nobody has heard of a league of their own, it's about the women's all American girls baseball team or baseball league. Uh, during the during World War II, when the men were off at war, and all the baseball players got shipped off to war. So, who was going to play baseball? Women were going to play baseball. Um, I almost want to say, like, there was a lot of things that went over my head in the movie when I was a kid. Like, mm. they were talking about STDs, and I had no idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Um, but I, the uh, the movie itself, it hit me as a kid. Like, I love baseball. I am probably the only person on this podcast who loves baseball. Can confirm. Uh, can confirm. Um, and just watch it. I love baseball movies more than actual like baseball. I feel like baseball is an experience <laughs> when you go to when you go to the game. It's different than when you're sitting at home watching on TV. I still love watching baseball games on TV and missed it when COVID happened and there was no baseball going on. And I definitely tuned in for the weird games with the canned um, 
uh, audience and the cutouts and all of that. Um, And I hope they someday make a movie about baseball and the weirdness of baseball during COVID. Um, (laughs) It'd be like a league of their own. (laughs) Tom Hanks plays a a cardboard cutout in the stands. I have a feeling one Tom Hanks was probably a cardboard cutout for one of the teams. Um, But it, it was one of those movies that was like, you saw women doing something that they wouldn't normally be doing. And this is in the nineties. Fast forward to now. I did not, as a kid watching that movie originally, like as an adult looking back on the movie, I know how gay that movie was. (laughs) But as a kid, they shied away from a lot of it. And Rosie O'Donnell played her character very queer, even though it was never said. Um, and, and I saw an interview with her recently where she said that she was told to like. Did you see an down. interview or a TikTok of an interview? <laughs> Look, I don't know where I saw things anymore, but it was most likely on TikTok. Because I saw that TikTok. It counts. Too. It counts. It does. It does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but she she played the the character queer, even though the director told her not. This isn't gay. <laughs> um, and in that interview. She says, well, they're making a, a TV show of A League of Their Own, with, but with gay. <laughs> um, and I've been excited about this show since I heard about it. And it was off my radar for a while. And then all of a sudden I saw an ad that it was going to be on Amazon. And that's all Nina and I did that week was watch A League of Their Own. Um, it was amazing. And I think... The original concept I came up with when I was pitching the idea of the show today was like, how do reboots or remakes or whatever bring new context to things? And I think watching that movie as a kid and as an adult, I had a somewhat of an idea of what the experience was. But watching this, this show, they give you more time with characters that are clearly built off of ideas of characters in the in the movie um and different new ideas as well but watching what it was like to be queer a queer person a queer black person uh a queer black person working in a factory in in World War 2 it was it was definitely interesting and brought I don't know, new context. And the show broke me a few times. I, I definitely cried a lot. I think more than I did watching the movie as a kid. Because spoilers for a movie that's like 30 years old. <laughs> uh, the Rockford Peaches don't win the whole hmm. thing. And it was very sad for me. <laughs> but I don't know. That's why you saw the movie. I have seen the movie. Did Did you watch any of the show? I did. I watched. I've. Uh, I'm halfway through the third episode. Okay. Haven't gotten to the ones that broke me yet, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I had a hard time the first episode. I was like, "Oh, that's clearly supposed to be Dottie Henson," and "Oh, that's clearly supposed to be Doris Murphy." No, and but they're then, pretty different, though, right? They I, are, but you can yeah. kind of get it. Like, Catcher came from a farm. Um, She's never set foot on a farm. What are you talking about? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I liked those. I liked the plays back to the the original. Um, yeah. 
the 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 coach in the movie hates being there, doesn't want to be coaching, and he actually loves it and wants the attention in the show. So it was different enough after I I think watching that first episode, I was comparing it a lot to the to the movie, and then at the end, I was when um. There's, I can't remember what happens at the end that was queer, but I was like, oh, that's how this is different. Okay, I'm here for this. Uh, yeah. And it's all my queer friends can talk about. <laughs> the scene, I'm enjoying it The so scene far. was uh, Greta cutting Carson's right. hair and saying, do you want me to stop? Whew. Yes. Whew. Mm-hmm. Whew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good shit right there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was interesting to watch with, with Nina because she and I both have different experiences with our queerness and when we came out and how our relationships were. And there were moments when, like, she was like, this is really hot. I was, like, talking about... Um, Carson having a husband and then basically cheating on him, but not because she said, I don't want to, like, I'm I'm not happy I'm leaving you in a letter, but she wasn't sure if he read it or not. We went back and forth on this many times, me and Nina. But she was like, this is hot. And I'm like, no, it's not. I don't want to be that person that's with somebody that's with somebody else. I don't, I don't want that. And it was a very interesting conversation. Um... But it was it was interesting seeing what each of us brought our experiences to seeing the movie uh, or the show. It feels like one long movie. I know plenty of people who watched it as one long movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll um something you just said about like it's interesting how people you know how how you experience it differently. So I'm not a queer woman. Um, despite what TikTok says. And I, um, I've i been reading a book called, the uh, a book by Bell Hooks called The Will to Change, Men, mm-hmm. Masculinity, and Love. And I haven't finished it yet, but I've been reading that. And so I started watching the show. And of course, like what jumps out at me is the way that women are treated um, during that time. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of the movie as well. Mm-hmm. But it's just so infuriating. And um, to think that like, you know, my mom was born in the fifties. So like my grandmother went through all this stuff. My mom still, it was better from when my mom, uh, you know, was young, but like that still wasn't that long ago, <laughs> you no, know? And, it wasn't. And, and just those moments where like the, the lady from the, the, I, I forgot her name, but she, that she owns the department store or the, the, the makeovers, like the one that's oh, yeah. on the makeover stuff, mm-hmm. the one that's in charge of making them ladylike. Yeah. Um, when that moment when she says, "Like, no, I'm not making you look ridiculous. I'm making you not look ridiculous. Like, I'm gonna help you enter that world, that world of men, and then once you're, I'm gonna help you get there. Once you're there, do whatever you want. But if you want to play, if you want to like any power, any recognition." these are the rules. This is something that you have to do. And there's it, a it, lot of talk about rules throughout the show and the rules of being yeah. a woman, the rules of being a woman in baseball, the woman, the rules of being queer, um, yeah. in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's almost like a game is a really good way to structure something when you want to talk about the roles 
people exist within in society and how we structure them and police them. So weird. Hmm. 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 Oh. I don't know. I, like the only other show I've been watching now is the House of Dragons, and like right, like the last episode is very much that type of thing. I'm like you're a woman, you can't play here. Like this is a man's world. It's like just hitting it, you know, like so, uh, so hard. It's almost like oh, like it's a uh, like fatigue. Uh, like oh, this week, like all uh, everything we're watching is a reminder of of that, and not how mm-hmm. it was, but like how it still is in many ways. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely picked up on that in House of Dragon. We just watched that last night too. Um, yeah, but it's like so. So those are the things on my there mind. There you right? got dragons. Like <laughs> she's got she a dragon. <laughs> There should be dragons in baseball, is what I'm saying. There's no crying in baseball, but there's definitely dragons in baseball. I mean, but it's funny. Like, I haven't gotten farther into the show, so I don't know how much they're going to explore this. Um, But, like, in House of Dragons, like, she has power. She's a dragon rider and all these things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And she still has status. And, like, she's still in a position uh, where she can do a lot of stuff. Um, But I like this, the, the, even though it only happened a little bit in the show so far. Um, in, in a league of their own um actually it was just one scene that comes to mind right now when the the, the i think they're like i don't remember if it was at the crab um dinner or something that she tells uh, like the, the friend of the girl who's trying to play baseball she she's like oh um uh stop it i will go on a sex strike if you if you if you don't <laughs> if you don't continue right it's like this idea of like there there is even even in that time, right? There's still like people still have some power. Like women still have power in a relationship, or or in in that relationship in particular. You know that it still explores mm-hmm. that, right? Like it's not just showing a completely submissive. Um, and I mean the movie does that too, yeah. right? Like that's mm-hmm. kind of the. It's it's cool to see them playing baseball and 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 like really playing, right? It, it, it's it's something about. Yeah, we can do it too. Yeah. Well, and in the show, there's a lot of, eventually, as we go through things, there's a lot more power that is given to women and that they, or that they take. Like, oh, wait, they're making money off of us. Like, yes, we need them. They are paying us. They are, um, but they can't make money off of us. They can't make money off of baseball without us being here. And they need us to do that. Um and at one point in the show, the manager leaves, the coach leaves, and spoilers this way, Carson becomes the the leader of the team and becomes the manager. Um, and everyone's looking to her, and she keeps fighting and, and pushing for this is what needs to happen. And there's a moment where she's fighting with a man and, like, ultimately wins out on like this is the rule we need to follow the rule she has to be all sneaky and work around and like try and convince them but it happens um and she has some power compared to the other women in the group um because she's a married woman right and she doesn't have to follow all the same she has to follow the rules that the league puts out like you can't smoke in public, you can't, but there's less pressure because she's already married and doesn't need a chaperone necessarily for things. Um, 
So yeah. I think they do a really good job of showing the different power dynamics of women who are all all oppressed in this timeline, mm-hmm. but in different ways. And, and the ways that Carson as a married white woman is treated and her power in comparison to the uh you know the women on her team who aren't white uh versus maxine and the other black characters compared to the more obviously queer presenting characters um and i think Mm -hmm. they do a really good job of showing that like these power dynamics are constantly happening it's not just like you're a woman therefore you have less power it's like yes but asterisks there's mm-hmm. more to it. There's 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 a lot of in- multifaceted yes. there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And those same people taking the power back where they can, where Maxine is like, well, I'm gonna tell your secret if you don't do this for me. Um which is a, a whole different dynamic. Or some of the other like I'm not gonna pitch. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play. You're not gonna make me do what I what you want me to do. You need me right now, and I'm not going to. Um, with why can I think of her name the 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 main the main pitcher the 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 striker Mita <laughs> the Spanish yeah mm-hmm. um there's so much going on in the show and I have said that if they don't have a season two I'm going to riot because of the way they ended the first season especially um but there's so many cool with the intersectionality i think it was really cool to see these two parallel processes and i've seen many tiktoks about this as well too how um carson's story is about coming into community as a white queer woman and having it's not it's not coming out it's she's coming into the community and learning how to be like what it is to be queer um and the same thing for uh for Max, but she's learning about herself through family and her experience and the it's two very different worlds and the episode that broke me was episode six um that's my favorite it, it that one in the season finale are are my favorites um but in in episode six there is they go to a like a hidden queer bar the the white uh white and some of the other uh, the other uh players who are not white on the uh on the baseball team bar owned by rosie o'donnell's character which i was like yes uh bring bring in all of them all of them i'm i was hoping i would see gina davis in this show but i did not um so they've got that going on on one end everybody's having a great time and max is at her trans uncle's house uh at a queer party there figuring herself out over time and the music is playing and the whole time i'm like oh fuck somebody's gonna get raided and i was waiting for it to be the house with the black people in it and it was the bar and i was very happy that it was the bar because this is just juxtaposition that shows you what it was like to be queer in the 40s and the brutality of it and black joy at the same time. Um, and I thought it was wonderful. And um, also very sad watching Rosie O'Donnell get beat up by the police. <laughs> I was so sad. So sad. Um, but I think it was 
it was one of those things that in the 90s would definitely not be in a in a movie or a show um yeah. even if they were trying to get a, an oscar out of it so <laughs> yeah i keep thinking i keep thinking about right the original concept that you wanted to do for the episode right and and mm-hmm. that's it like if we revisited right like we're getting to tell the story again or we're getting to watch it right we're seeing the story mm-hmm. told again and it's telling all of these different parts like again like i've only seen a few episodes but seeing max and her friend trying to buy something at a store and like dreading having to go Her to the white Clance store is like my favorite character in the <laughs> Clance, whole thing. Yeah. Clance she is yeah. the best character. <laughs> she wants, she's going to be a f- comic book artist. I love it. I love it. Um, I love how it's she true. talks back to the little kids about how, um, Captain America's propaganda. <laughs> As I sit here with Captain America behind me all over the place. And mm-hmm. it's great. Mm-hmm. Clance is the best. <laughs> So seeing seeing their experience, right? Mm-hmm. That, but so so what it makes me think think about is, well, it's two things, and we can we can talk about both if if, if we have time. <laughs> but one is yes, right? Like we're retelling the story, and we're telling now. I mean, of course, we have seven more hours to we're fleshing to, out these stories. Yeah, yeah, but telling like what do we want to tell? So like going deeper into different things, and like the fact that there's Hispanic characters on the team, and there's um, like there's all kinds of all of the isms are in this show, right? And, and, and you have enough of that to play with. And then spending a lot of time with Max and seeing the experience of her and her family, what it's like to be black in, in Illinois. Like, like they're, they're here where mm-hmm. I live now. And, and again, like that scene where I was like, oh, we have to go to the white store. You know, and it's like, remember that legally Max they have like, to don't go, don't go to the white store. Don't go to the white store. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, remember legally they have to, they have to um, sell to us, but then it's like, they're ignoring them, right? That, that mm-hmm. whole experience. So one part of the, uh, of, of what I, what I was thinking about is right now we get to see all of that in something that we wouldn't have seen in, in 1990, whenever this movie came out, when, when was it? 92, 92. Yeah. And so, um, but also the movie is portraying some, uh, like a time period 80 years ago. Mm -hmm. And we've talked so much over the years on the show about how we get exposed to ideas through media, right? This isn't a documentary. This is still a fictional story. And it makes me think about how much, like how authentic the rep- like the representation of the period is mm-hmm. because it's very dramatic and and in that way entertaining and engaging but i wonder how like because when i see it i think shit that sucked <laughs> right mm-hmm. for like a lot of people on that show um like living through that but i wonder how accurate it is and that that's like right. a p- part of part of my thought um as I'm watching it now, right? Because again, it's not that far, far back. And, but, but how accurate is it? Like, and how many people are going to believe that that's how it was actually in a weird connection. I saw a video. It was a TikTok Mm -hmm. um, of um, Tom Hanks saying that he had never heard about the Tulsa massacre. And wow. Yeah. I saw that TikTok also. Yeah. I hadn't heard about the Tulsa. I mean, I don't remember ever learning about the Tulsa massacre before the HBO series Watchmen. Mm-hmm. 
and I remember hearing, learning about that and as, as, as kind of, I don't like that, that, um, reaction of Tom Hanks. Right. But that was me like three years ago when, when that show came out, I was like, this is a real thing. And I'm I didn't it know about a, women's baseball until I watched the movie in 92. Of course. Yeah. I mean, it still sounds like nobody talks about that. <laughs> the only reason, the only there reason are, I ever talked about that the movie. There are professional women's baseball leagues today. Yeah. They're just small. Yeah. And no yeah. one talks about them. <laughs> yeah. But, but like the events of the, of the movie are like huge. Right. Mm -hmm. And I can just imagine it must've been a big deal during that time. Baseball mm -hmm. in America, you know, having that, I don't know. Yeah. And it's something we don't talk about. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I hope that, you know, the watchman was accurate. <laughs> just like I hope. <laughs> Just like I hope that, like, if they're not as accurate, like, even though I know, like, I can't believe that this is, this can't be my only source of information for this. But and for I a lot of people, I, it will be. Yeah. And I think I saw some interviews of players from the actual league because they did do in the first, in the movie, they did a, a few scenes where they went when they were older and they went to the Baseball Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. which there is an actual my dad went to the Baseball Hall of Fame for when he was in the area for a work trip and got me like a Rockford Peach like pin and a baseball card and things like that that they had. Mm -hmm. um, so that's an actual exhibit they have there. Obviously, they covered up things in the movie with like Tom Hanks's character and, 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 and Gina, Gina Davis', Davis yeah. character. But I they did interview actual players I think during the time and I think they felt it might not have been completely accurate especially since the movie had no queerness in it but well no like recognized queerness in it I guess um but I think that they felt that it was fairly accurate to their experiences um this has so many more experiences of different people because everybody in that for in that movie was white um, mm -hmm. and they didn't even acknowledge that even back then, some of the best players came from Latin America. Mm -hmm. Um, and like they acknowledge even in the song, they, I thought they were going to change the song a little bit because in the song in the movie and in the show, it talks about, we've got Canadians, Irish ones, and Swedes. Those are all white people. <laughs> and I thought they were going to change one of the lines to have something else, but they didn't yeah. uh but yeah it's so, um, so the, the two hispanic uh characters right one is mexican one is cuban mm -hmm. and they're like oh you know the the spanish starlet or whatever something from spain you know mm -hmm. it's like oh the, the, it's like oh spanish it sells better striker, you know? yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's like yeah. oh it sells you know it's a lot easier to sell spain than it is mexico like, one of ugh. my favorite <laughs> things is when the two of them finally bond um and you'll see it in the show this way. They start talking to each other on the field in Spanish. And they're like, you can't talk in code. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I lived through that in the 90s. Mm -hmm. so. But in but it seemed like in being able to be on the field and play, um, there's a moment where. Um, well, even at the beginning, right? Like, like, like adding to that, uh, that thing from before when the the girl from cuba she like she 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 doesn't know english mm -hmm. and when she meets the other girl she's like oh i thought like i thought i was i thought the i wasn't gonna be one. able to talk to anybody yeah yeah and she's so happy that moment sorry for interrupting go ahead yeah but um 
Oh man, where was my thought? See, I, I knew. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's okay. My brain usually doesn't do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know where that was. Going. I, I was gonna I'll lose my my thought, but I didn't think you would. That's why I just. I know. You know I don't, I'm I know. sorry. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> we'll be all right. We'll be fine. Link, do you have a thought? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I've got thoughts. Um, I, I, I have not seen the 1992 movie. Um, I have only you should watch watched it. the. <laughs> I should, I should, because I do, I do like Gina Davis. Um, Gina Davis, uh, Madonna. Come on now. <laughs> All right, um, <laughs> Gina Davis is a better sell than Madonna. But um, I anyways, know, I know. Uh, I I really enjoyed the show. I want to touch back on episode six, even though Josue, you haven't seen it yet. Um, but it's really good. I think it is my favorite partly because of all the the queer joy getting expressed but i love the framing of the wizard of oz where we have these Mm -hmm. characters these separate groups of characters watching this movie that is incredibly popular um and how they understand what that movie is and what it means and what the message is that it is portraying and how it relates back to our main characters Carson and Max and how they fulfill the role of Dorothy in their spaces um I just that is that is good media stuff right there I loved that I thought that that was fantastic um the this movie was the first time I had heard um the use of Nina had told me that somebody had said this to her before. Are you a friend of Dorothy? But I had never heard it of that before. Yeah. yeah. I learned and then, about that. So a, the movie was the first ago. time I've seen it like used in media, right? That a friend of Dorothy is someone. I'm who's glad queer. that they included <laughs> it. And I'm glad that they included it in a way that the audience knew. Like, even if you didn't know, like you knew what like this was a code. Um, and then Carson, the main character, being like, "What the fuck are you talking what about?" What are you talking about? Because she's the oblivious, like newbie to the queer mm-hmm. world. Yeah, no, I really liked that. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that I thought that was great. Um, I I loved the gay bar scene. Um, I <laughs> I didn't know that Rosie O'Donnell was in the original, um, so I was. Uh, surprised and annoyed when she showed up in the show and I was like what are you what are you doing here um yeah that makes more was, sense she was she, she was, was in the, one of the main characters it's, it's yeah. a callback it's like okay that's, that's she was fine. the only one of the originals that um had a, a cameo this season and I was I was sad about that there's yeah. a few other people I wish get I would have seen shown up Gina get, yeah. get on board um <laughs> uh but I did I loved having that scene with um Carson and uh, Jess and Mita and mm-hmm. them being like, oh, you're a queer. And Carson being like, what? I don't know what you're doing. And they're like, no, I see it now. 
<laughs> and them going through like, wait, who else? Who else on well, the team the, the is whole, queer? The whole misunderstanding of like why she was saying, oh, I'm going to turn you in or whatever. Like, no, 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 no. Not about the queerness. That's about baseball. <laughs> she, yeah. Carson comes in hot and angry because she's like, you're fraternizing with the other team. And they're like, yeah, we are, baby. High fives, <laughs> high fives, high fives, <laughs> shots, shots. It's like, wait, I feel like I'm missing something. Hold on. <laughs> it's like take a just take a long pan around the room and see what you see and she's like oh there's a mm-hmm. bunch of queers and they're making out in public ish oh oh um and then her you know excitement at the idea of this kind of space existing where she's like mm-hmm. oh shit i gotta get Greta up in here because i want to kiss her where other people can see, like mm-hmm. I want to, I want to kiss you, but I want to kiss you in Not a in space secret. that yeah. mm-hmm. that exists within our community. And I thought that that was really, uh, really cute. That's some cute queer shit right there. Mm-hmm. Being like, I found this new place. I have to tell my girlfriend. <laughs> and also, her girlfriend being like, Oh no. We're not, no, 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 we're not going there. That's not safe. Um, Yeah. And then you let the guard drop, and then it really isn't safe. Yeah. Um, And then they end up in the theater mm -hmm. where Wizard of Oz was playing. Mm -hmm. So uh, (laughs) leaving Oz and returning to the real world. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Delicious. Yeah. For a baseball movie, it's or a baseball show, it's really not about baseball. You haven't said anything about baseball. <laughs> um, some of the baseball. So I really liked the final episode, episode eight. The baseball that they play in that episode is really good. It is the only time they put more modern music in the soundtrack because otherwise, it's normally like uh, '40s like swing music or other '40 like '40s jazz things like that. They start playing like Barracuda and like other like women power hype music. songs, hype music, and it is amazing. Um, and definitely the kind of baseball that people who don't like baseball would love to watch because they're being badass and it's it's a montage, mm-hmm. which is turns out the way that I like to consume sports media. <laughs> <laughs> I like highlight reels. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. basically what that's what it was. <laughs> What's what it they, is? They yeah. cut to all of the most exciting bits, and they put and on get the sick music on top of it, and then they have an emotional high point. And you said that the Rockford Peaches didn't win, but in my heart, that was a win. They did. That was a mm-hmm. win, and that's why I cried. <laughs> well, and in in the movie, they make up more of a big deal about it than do they, they go do as in far? the show. Do they go as far yeah. in the okay? Yeah, yeah. I think I think the they do not play against the same team that they do in the movie. So one of the matchups for the first season of women's baseball was not accurate to history. Um but the the I don't think the Rock River Peaches won the first season. But in the movie they make more of a play up of we don't even know if there's going to be another season. 
Um, like throughout the the show, they keep talking about, oh, we'll come back next season. Next season, we've got a few more months, and then we'll see each other when the next season comes around. And, was and there another season in real life? Yes, yes. How there many were seasons several. were there? Okay, um, I can look it up. World War Two did last a few seasons. years. Well, no, it lasted past World War Two for a few, for a number of years. Hmm. Um, because in the movie, they make a big deal about the boys are coming back from war. And they're going to want to play baseball again. And what do you think? People are going to watch girls play baseball? Same kind of thing with the the factories. Well, the boys are going to want their jobs back. Women, you got to get back to the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but baseball did the Women's Baseball League. Oh, uh, 11 years it lasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Damn. Yeah. So we could get 11 seasons of the show. <laughs> yeah, we could. Maybe the peaches will actually win. Maybe. I was actually I was surprised why, why I was surprised that they did the peaches again. Like there were there were other teams. There were care. other teams. I think I don't know why they picked. I think it was maybe the underdog story for the first season. It's absolutely um, the underdog story, but more so than that, it was so that they could make the fruits joke. Come on, you guys! <laughs> it's all about yeah. The, we're the fruits. Mm-hmm. We're the fruits. True. A bunch of fruits. Rather- I mean, yeah, it's the Comets, the Blue Sox. What was the other one? Comets, Blue Sox, Peaches. I can't remember the last one. But I do know what cities they're all from. I just don't know uh, the uh, the mascots. <laughs> I'm sorry. I pulled up the Rockford Peaches Wikipedia page. And there's a quote here from uh, Eileen Bur- Burmeister was asked why the Peaches supposedly favored theatricality over technical skill. She replied, if God meant for us to play baseball, he would have made us any good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Great quote. God. Oh, interesting. So I just looked up the league champions. Um, So the movie was accurate on who they played. They played the Racine Bells and lost to the Racine Bells. Um, the nineteen ninety or the nineteen forty four season, the Milwaukee Chicks won. That's not even a team that's in the movie or the show. Mm. Um, then the then the Rockford Peaches finally win in nineteen forty five. Well, it looks like the Peaches actually won more championships than any other team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. the The Bells won twice. The Chicks won twice. The second time as the Grand Rapids Chicks. And then the peaches seem to have won like four, four times. Of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Kalamazoo won the last one, and that's when they said, "No, we got to stop this." Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea where Kalamazoo is. Missy- Michigan. It is. Huh. I think so. Yeah. Um, so you yeah. wanted to talk about revisiting things, right? And I think the creators yeah. definitely revisited this and, and they gave us a lot more to They definitely revisited it and, and expanded on a lot of things that were not covered in the movie. Um and the interesting thing is that they didn't the show didn't cover some things that were covered in the movie, like um guys picking up on players and then in the movie like they get married while she's on the team and things like that um most of the guys that tried to pick up on girls on the team in the show were barking up the wrong tree (laughs) i did i did love the scene with shirley where they're 
walking somewhere and a guy gives her flowers and was like, I'm a big fan. And she stops and she's just like, I'm famous. That was very funny <laughs> to me. I liked Shirley a lot. I wish, I wish that they had contextualized her character a little bit more in that this is taking place during World War II and she's Jewish. Um, yeah. But, you know, I can't, I can't get everything out of that I've I want. I've seen also I other critiques got... of her being Jewish and being the neurotic one. Um, yeah. I mean, there's that whole stereotype, but I feel like if you, you know, take two and a half lines in a scene and contextualize that as, like, yeah, Jews are pretty neurotic during World War II. Like, I wonder why that might be so weird that they might be, uh, you mm -hmm. know, concerned about family Botulism. that they don't know <laughs> if is alive or dead uh, in, you know, in Europe or, you know, if like America is not particularly well known for its... Uh, comfort giving to jewish people during that time it's like it's yeah i like i said i wish they had contextualized her a little bit but i did think that it was very funny the big moment of her eating a bunch of canned food and then kissing <laughs> carson and being like, like i'm not gay i'm not gay i didn't die of botulism and i didn't catch the gay i was like okay you got me that's pretty funny that made me laugh that she really she yeah. really came around she there. really like, did sometimes you just gotta you gotta throw yourself into what you're scared of and the end of the episode before that, I was like, I fucking hate her. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, this show definitely, yeah, that's another thing. They didn't, I don't think in the first move in the movie that they, um, I don't think they talked about Jews at all, even in the context of Hitler. Which is funny because they're throwing Jews baseballs love at Hitler's baseball. face. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, there are there was a an exhibit i don't remember what museum it was recently that had like jews in baseball and famous jewish baseball players um and there's a graphic novel about a player for the golems um yeah jews love baseball but yeah that's why i wanted to talk about revisiting things <laughs> yeah I mean, and and before we bring up other examples, if if we're gonna do that, um, mm -hmm. I think I think we the, the show is definitely, you know, if you're looking for uh, queer stories, right, to to um, to use for conversations, for for relating, for that we've got a whole bunch of them in this show. You, this show, you, you gotta, can got them pick all. any almost any queer experience and relate to it. It was interesting. It was the first time I'd heard the term invert um used about queer people and that is a psychological term from back in the day um huh. i always thought it was just queers is what they called them so inverts mm -hmm. yeah huh i was it thought in the DSM it was more way? yes uh huh. i think it was more in reference to trans people yeah um which is why i probably hadn't heard it is um, also at it at like contextually in that time there was not a lot of distinction between people who were gay and yeah. people who were trans like it's it's very much yeah. lumped together in that there's something wrong with you mm -hmm. um but yes it, it, that did lean more towards trans people of literally like inversing your gender mm -hmm. yeah 
And that was a term I hadn't, and I had to Google it, and I was like, oh, that's a term that they used in psychology. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But I guess that makes sense. Like, queers wouldn't be a an official, like, psychological term, I suppose. That's just what big no that was just that was just a slur then (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) uh yeah i i wish we're not really equipped to talk about the black side of the story which i thought was really interesting and and given a lot of depth and nuance and love um, and like we said earlier, Clance is my favorite character. She's hilarious. She is great. I want her to be my best friend. Like, I want to marry her. If only she wasn't <laughs> the, the support straight of the group. <laughs> the only support straight. That's not in true. The, in the movie. Uh, Maybell? Maybell? Maybell is, is mm-hmm. the other support straight. Um the one that has a kid. Yeah, I. Yeah, she was, which is she was a throw. Which is funny. a throwback to the movie where the kid actually comes on the road with them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did. I I wish that I I could speak with more context on that yeah. side of the 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 black story lines there. But I thought it was very cool that it was included. That it was not just focusing on the Rockford Peaches. It gave a lot more context to. The way women were treated and the mm-hmm. expectations people placed upon them, even during the society shifting event of World War. Um, and especially the way black women were treated. Yeah. Um, the factory would hire black men and and white women, but not black women. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I do appreciate getting to see that entire half of the story as well, because, like I said, the movie, there were there were no people other than white people. That was my <laughs> assumption. So I'm very glad that it was included in the show. I thought it gave a lot, a lot, a lot to the the strength of the show and my personal enjoyment and entertainment to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just wanted I just wanted to touch on that. I'm I'm not equipped to go into into depth because that is. <laughs> Not my lane, but, watch, but it's go watch, very good. Go watch the show, but and and that's that's what I was mostly thinking about when I mentioned the thing about like that's a version of history that we're seeing, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, like Link, you and I both have uh, extended uh, a family who are black, and but like they weren't around in the in the forties, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I haven't <laughs> I haven't talked to yeah. any of them about that. Um, and in my case, it was like. Puerto Rico in the, you know, and how old is my stepfather? My stepfather is 70. So, I mean, yeah, definitely not in the 40s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He wasn't, you know, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, um. I always, I always hope, especially because, like, we're talking about Black Joy and we're talking about all these different experiences and um, both the good and the bad. Like, mm-hmm. Like, I hope it's accurate and not just entertaining, you know, but in, in, in both ways. But I don't know. I don't know why I was so concerned about it when I was watching this, this movie um, or the, the show. It's, there's, I wonder how often creators, like the power that you have, right. Uh, to tell a story 
and or to tell a truth whether yeah. it be true or not right you're telling what what will become some people's truth because none of us can go back that far and and if if you're not a you know a history nerd and are willing to go back and and google additional information you're going to make some assumptions about that yeah and the people yeah. who actually lived through this and were players are some of them few are still and alive. Far between, few and yeah. far between. Yeah. But yeah, some are still alive. In fact, Jose, you said that you saw a video that's um uh, one of them uh, one, one of the of original them players came out. in her nineties, yeah. Yeah. And that makes me incredibly actually I think I saw that TikTok as well. Uh and uh it made me incredibly happy and incredibly sad. And I think the same thing was the um the <clears throat> the woman who plays Carson Shaw is also one of the producers and I think directors in in the show mm-hmm. um, abby jacobson and, yeah yeah and one of the she few said times that it made her sad as yeah. well be, and, yeah. and happy because like could you imagine living your whole life and never getting to be your full self and also finally having the courage to say something it's mm-hmm. it's really more that aspect right because she, she's 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 been in her life queer it's just the mm-hmm. the public announcement the right. the standing up and saying like i'm holding this label so that you all can see it outside of Mm -hmm. my own private life which is reflected in the show in the ways that you know the different characters sort of express their queerness um and who who picks up on those messages um yeah and in that interview right it's an interview with abby and she's she's saying like oh like you don't know that you're that a show is gonna have that impact you know it was like mm-hmm. it was like and I, I wish i remember the name of the player but she like she learned about the show they were consulting with her and she saw how queer the show was and it was like oh i have permission now to to t- like my it, that's my story being told and i've never said i've never admitted this but now i th- i guess i guess it's it, it's time i can actually you know say this in public powerful media (laughs) some of the ways they created the show were um more interesting like you get i don't know they tried to build this idea yes teams are like families in in actual baseball like today but i think it's very different from like we are a group of women together trying to fight against this other and prove ourselves that we are actual we deserve to be here to be professional baseball players together. Um, And apparently before they even started filming, they had all of the players come together and or all the actresses come together and play baseball for like months to learn how to play baseball. And they got to be a team team before they actually got into the filming of the show, um, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I pulled up. Oh, that's cool. I pulled it uh, up. Her name is Maybelle Blair, and she mm-hmm. is ninety-five years old. Hmm. Is the Maybelle in the show? No. At all related to this Maybelle? <laughs> different character. Um. Yeah. And and the characters that they um that they put together, I think, in the movie, there's so, some of them are similar storylines and threads that apply to different players in the um, in the show. I think because they're amalgamations and, and com- compilations of 
different stories they've heard from different players over time um, and wanting to try to bring as much history as they can to it, even if it's not completely accurate, that the catcher for the Rock, the Rockford Peaches was this person in this year and those kinds of things. Um, I just want to point out that in the, right, they show, they bring all of these women to Chicago for tryouts. From all over the, the country uh, and all, all over country. North America. <laughs> yeah. And then they all stay at this hotel and then in the morning they get up and there's just pieces of paper with their names written and pen because it's the forties <laughs> and they come down and they look on the list to see, to see mm-hmm. if they're, if, if they made it to one of the teams. Um, yeah. Times have changed. <laughs> now it would be a text message, not even an email. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know why that affected me so much. Um, watching it, just that his that history it's a high aspect, emotional moment of having you know, like in in theater, the the casting sheet, it's getting yeah. getting to and see having it. to wait, having to wait behind other people to get Elbow up to people it. Out of like, your oh, way. there's my name. Getting to watch and people one in front like, of you be excited or heartbroken and being like, it's oh, it's about to be me. Which way am I gonna go? Oh, I mean, I I love I love those scenes, right? But like the fact that this is it, literally a professional, like. They were professional mm-hmm. baseball players, right? Like they were, they were, they had contracts. They were making a lot of money, you know. Um, I don't know if they were making a they, lot of money, you know. But they were like <laughs> it was a job, uh, yeah, yeah, compared I mean, to maybe yeah. other jobs, but not compared to other baseball, baseball players. Players, <laughs> yeah. true, true, true. Yeah, but the, like it was like a legit, you know. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't like did I make the team at school. You know, no, that I, that, no. Am I the, did I make the cast? You know, on the school play. No, it's like, am I about to be a part of? history history yeah mm-hmm. yeah but it, yeah and so again it's it's all of those little things i think it I feels like they're doing the time period justice mm-hmm. um which is which is uh fantastic yeah i like that a lot and again also just revisiting yeah i don't know i think yeah are there other examples that um you had thought of in terms of like revisiting media in a particular way the only other one that I could really think of is um, the Selena movie is another movie that I've watched mm. a million times. And um, m- my coworkers used to make fun of me because I love it so much. And they do, too, um, because they grew up listening to Selena. Um, I had no idea who she was until I watched the movie. And then watching that movie over and over again, another one I can quote, like, almost verbatim. Uh, then the show on Netflix goes into it because it's a show and i think that's what is the theme here is that shows are able to give you more time it it covers the same time period from when she's a little girl until her death but like you get so much more context about what it was like for her when they have a whole episode about like when she tells her dad that she got married right rather than just like a 30 second scene yeah um, and so learning more about her experience, going to different things, like it's been a while since I've watched it. So I can't think of a specific thing that I learned from it that I um, didn't know from the movie. But I thought it was fascinating because you got to learn more about her brother, who I didn't realize who was so into writing her songs and producing her music. Um, they give a little snippet of that at the end of the movie. Um, but he, from the beginning he's like writing her music i didn't know they only show in the movie that there's 
her, her brother, and her sister in the band. There are like five or six other people that are in this band throughout the years. Um, and it was really cool to see that piece as well and learn a little more about um, Tejano music. So, uh, yeah. A- another like fictionalized thing about a yeah. real person and this one was supposedly more the family was more involved in this one than the movie there's a there's a cuban singer named celia cruz and um she they did a uh, like a story of her like it was it was technically like a spanish soap opera like so like a telenovela kind of thing of her of her life and it's like 60 episodes and as I was watching it, I was excited to watch it because, um, because I think she's like an important figure, um, in, in Spanish language music. And as I'm watching it, like some things I was like, huh. And I started looking up the, and it's like, the whole thing is like the most dramatic possible version of real events. And they changed things up in in so many ways. And I was like, I, I had to stop watching it. Like I couldn't do it because I couldn't just enjoy it because I knew that it was that history part again, um, the revisiting. But yeah, in general, going back when, and, and- When and, did that series that you're talking about come out? Do you know? Like the, two years ago, no. three years ago? Or no. Selena or Celia Cruz? The That one. The one that I'm talking about now? Yes. Yeah, I think it was like two, three years ago. It must've been like three or four years ago, yeah. Okay. Why? I think- I think part, I, I hope that we will see more things like this taking a popular historical or historical adjacent movie and turning it into a series. Um, I don't think that works for like traditional TV shows as much as yeah. it works for streaming platform TV shows with the intention like... Netflix spent literally a decade training its audience to binge watch TV shows. And so like we keep referring to uh, Amazon's A League of Their Own as a movie because in many ways it it feels like a movie. It doesn't feel like a TV show. It's just a very long movie. It's an eight hour movie. Um, yeah. And I think I think part of that is like the medium is like it is allowing us to tell these kinds of stories with more depth with more nuance with more time spent with characters than you would get in a 90 minute movie um but you also couldn't have the same sort of story arcs told in a you know weekly 25 minute so, tv so, show yeah so the celia show is a lot like the crown on netflix right because Celia, Celia Cruz is, I don't know, like she must be like 80 years old now. And it goes through like her entire life. And like halfway through the show, they recast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like halfway through the show, they recast because they, they do a time jump. Yeah. Um, but they did that. They did that in The Crown, too. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like a, it's like a parallel. Right. And that's also like a historical account. And it's, it's always interesting to see um, the... This episode wasn't supposed to be about history, but there's something about that, about like retelling the stories. Retelling the stories. (laughs) Well, and one of the things about revisiting and how I can apply it to my own life is like wanting to, like there are times where I get more context from my family members will talk about something that happened when I was young or before I was born. I'm like, oh, that's why that happened. That's why that person didn't talk to that person. That yeah. makes so much more sense to me now. And I didn't, that person isn't just an asshole or something like it's, there's more context to it. Um, and I think with 
having several health scares in my family in the last few years, I want to get more context and more information from my family about why these things happened and, and what, like, my dad is very into genealogy. Mostly he's into, like, dates, n- names, all of that. And I'm the kind of person who wants to know more about the why and who those people were. Um, and so working with him to try and figure these these things out um, and the context of the time when things happened as well. Like, oh, why is it that we found out that I my grandfather is not my biological grandfather uh, or his parents are not... He is my grand, biological grandfather. His parents are not his biological parents. Oh, because he was from another family member who wasn't married and they needed someone to adopt him. So there's a lot of things that like, oh, now I have that context. And knowing that I have family that knows these things, I want to find the information and be able to retain that information and be able to hold on to the stories as well. So revisiting things does have a lot to do with history. And there's something about the... Like the why, like why didn't the League of Their Own address certain things, right? And sure, you only have 80 minutes, right? It could be one reason. But we know, right, from, or we we heard from Rosie on that TikTok that, that she was explicitly told. You're playing it too gay, Rosie. Like, this is, this is, yeah, this isn't, this movie isn't gay. There's nothing gay about it. Stop it. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's like, nothing it was gay intentionally. about baseball. Are you sure? Yeah. Fact, <laughs> have you seen the outfits? <laughs> The queerest looking character in the movie ends up being the one that marries a man while she's on the baseball team because she was too, she wasn't girly enough and nobody liked her. And there was a big thing about that. Yeah. yeah. But like, but like that context, right? It's like, oh, we're going to revisit this. And it's true. Family stories, it's the same way. It's like for years, we talked about it this way, but I guess now we can tell you, now you're old enough or like now that this, you know, this piece of it, we can tell you and we can, we can reexamine it. I know this is this is kind of weird, but I think it's the same way. It's like when video games get remastered or a movie, right? Or I don't know when George I mean, Lucas goes back and fixes something, right? It's like you want to revisit it and you're like, oh, you know, I think it would be better this way. Or I couldn't do this back then, but I can do it now. So I'm going to do Final it Final Fantasy like VII Remake is a good example of that <sighs> because you're yeah. getting the same story, but not. You're getting a whole lot more detail because instead of one game, we're getting what, like three games? Um, and there allegedly. are very <laughs> allegedly and the, but there are changes being made to the story, even though it's staying true to the core of what the story is supposed to be saying, supposedly, yeah. as far as I've played it. Yes, that is true. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, right, I think this conversation always comes up when when a movie is based on a book. And, and I like those conversations like, why did they change this? Or why did they do this? And sure, a lot of it is like, you're limited in terms of, of time. But but there's still something really interesting about what you choose to to tell and who's telling the story, not just when, but who as well. Well, and you brought up House of the Dragon, like Fire and Blood is there's no dialogue in that book. I read it. It is a, a history text of the the history of the Targaryen house. So like it's not a narrative. Watching, yeah. No, not at all. Watching the show is very interesting getting to see them try and put some personality into these characters that I, that like they give them some personality. The writing has some personality in the books, but like not much. It's just like, this is this type of person that would do this. Um, So it's very interesting watching it and being able to lean over to Nina and be like, 
I don't know. I don't remember exactly what's going to happen. Like, I know this person does this and this person does this, but this is all new to me. And I like that because I'd read all the books for, for Song of Fire and Ice until current. So I, I knew what was supposed to happen until it went off the rails. Yeah. So, and, and that's an interesting, I mean, it's a good example of, it's a fictional history and a fictional revisiting Mm -hmm. of that fictional history Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and, and expanding it, but it's the same thing, right? Like if you've only read about something in a, in a, in an encyclopedia article or only seen a report on it, or maybe you saw a documentary or you only learned about it from Watchmen on HBO. (laughs) You You don't know what those people said. You don't know what they did. You don't know what it was like. I would, I would appreciate, yeah, more, more information or like, and of course there are tons of stories there that, that will never be told. Um, But getting the opportunity to see that. um, Yeah. It's, I think it's, it makes me think also about like how, like our own stories and how we're going to, how they get retold and, and even Don't when make we go me back, quote Hamilton. <laughs> who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Thank you. I still haven't watched Hamilton. You need to watch Hamilton. You don't. You're fine. No, you need to watch Hamilton. <laughs> I'll tell you all something off air. <laughs> the medium is the message and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. how we get this information, whether it is through more fact focused date focused textbook style versus getting to hear a story as told by someone's descendants versus getting to hear a story as told by the person who experienced it that all changes the way that you receive that information and it matters and and in the like in the therapy sense and and in relationship sense or like taking the time to reflect on something that happened in the past with the, all of that new context is is huge and can make a huge yeah. difference and and sometimes our memories right like over time we change them and and just going back it's it can be impactful and it's something that we do all the time and the idea of retelling a story right even like mm-hmm. even if you just go basic um basic cbt right it's like go back like you can there's a different way that we can talk about this. <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, were you a shitty person or, you know, or were you struggling with the effects of trauma, you know, in a situation yeah. that was particularly uh, triggering and therefore like, Oh yeah, no, I can retell this story in a way mm-hmm. that is healthier. And also it's still the same story. Yeah. And That's looking at that, looking at that context, I had several conversations this week about like, well, why do you think you reacted that way? What's behind that? What are you trying to convey? And why do you think your partner reacted that way? What what could be what could what's the context there? What could have been going on for them? Yeah. Um, yeah. We we should do that more often as people. <laughs> it's helpful. It's helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorites is what advice would you give yourself? Like if you <laughs> had you been there not being you, what would you have done? Um, Every time I throw that one out, people are like, well, but I, I was, I, the, the, it, it doesn't, and then they just, yep. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do know what to do. Mm-hmm. I've always known. 
Yeah, and then they don't do it. <laughs> of course not. Not at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> get, a, get a little bit better every time. Yeah. Practice exactly. makes good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Closing thoughts, Link? I think baseball's really boring, but A League of Our Own is good show. I, I I have made a convert of Link only as far as women's baseball TV shows. I mean. <laughs> and maybe the movie. Darcy is a big draw for me. <laughs> I got a big old crush on Janet. Um. <laughs> uh, closing thoughts, Laura? I love A League of Their Own. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what do you the, like song to- is still, the song is still stuck in my head. And I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> Do you like the movie or the show better? You don't have to answer. Just want to push on mm-hmm. I'd I won't I won't rewatch the show because there's going to be more episodes, but I will rewatch the movie. Mm-hmm. It's only 80 minutes. I, I, I don't okay. think that's a fair question of which you like better because I think that the fact yeah. that they both exist and Laura likes both of them so much it increases the enjoyment of both of them. Exactly. Literally, it's exponential. Valentine's Day present that Nina got me in 2019 before COVID was to go watch A League of Their Own in the theaters, which I never got to do. And then COVID happened. And so we have not go- gone to do that. And I'm very jealous because a friend of mine just went to go watch it on the San Francisco Giants baseball field, um, which I wish I'd known about that because we would have gone to that. <laughs> anyway. It is it is one of my favorite movies. Uh I have rewatched it more times than any of my geeky like favorite movies. Um and I love me some baseball. In 2020 they released a 4K Blu-ray remaster. Mm-hmm. Have you watched the have you watched the 4K remaster? No, but now you I have, have to. to. Have <laughs> to. <laughs> I have to. I have to. Oh. Gonna have a watch party um, with Kayla. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely Kayla wanted to watch it again with the show all the way through again with me <laughs> there you go I um uh, I, I enjoyed this conversation a lot because I I love retelling like I like the fact that there's so many Batman movies right like I'm yeah. not like oh they ruined Batman I'm like no I want to see someone else's take on this story I like to see that I like to see different versions that's something that comic books do very more, well right then yeah well i mean but, like more than any any other medium right and now that we have tv shows and movies like dc doesn't care they're like we got a flash on tv we got a flash on <laughs> on mm-hmm. uh in in the movies we you got know. five different batmans and jokers in the movies right now yep. like what was it last time I, I i had a conversation like this i was like i can count 14 different versions of batman that are current right mm-hmm. Two of them being Lego Batmans, right? <laughs> the ones in yeah. the games, the ones in the different comics. Like it's, uh, and I love that stuff. And I love. Um, I don't think there's there's a right or a wrong, right? I mean, when you're talking about history, right? There's something about that that I get wrapped up in in the authenticity of it. But still, I love things like what I saw on TikTok this week about how Isaac Newton is a char- is a character in Marvel comics, and he's just like this mad scientist who like taps into another dimension and has this magic and he's like basically a villain i'm okay with that i'm okay with that 
<laughs> because Mark is not here, do you worry about historical accuracy in Assassin's We can't talk Creed? about Assassin's Creed. About Mark. <laughs> it's against the law. But you know, like Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, like I like those ideas. That was, Give me that. that was, I love that book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm okay with that. Um, Abraham th- Lincoln fun. is the king of Mars. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Just a little Adventure Time reference there. Okay, <laughs> sign us off, Oswey. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah that, those are my that was my closing thought. So thank you, everyone. Let us know uh, what your closing thoughts are. <laughs> um, your reactions. Your uh, if you like a league of their own. Have you seen the 4K Blu-ray? <laughs> are you a member of the All American League? Are you? Yeah. Have you been? Do you to, come uh, from Hall cities far and wide. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, Near and far. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know. All of the uh, links to our social spaces are in the show notes. For more Geek Therapy, for more geek therapy you can visit geektherapy.org. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to geek out and do good. And we'll be back next week. Mm, bye. Geek Therapy is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to making the world a better place through geek culture. To learn more about our mission and become a supporter, visit geektherapy.org.